This is exactly right. Scotty. Curdy B. Would you uh would you lead us in today? Ooh, what a treat. It's so rare that I do the first story. <laughs> it must be a very special episode. Oh, I think it is. Husband forgets wife after toilet break and drives for a hundred miles before realizing. <laughs> oh man. Well, this is gonna be a very forlorn episode of bananas. Bananas. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. Uh, that is my co-host, Scotty Landis. And that's my main dude over there, Kurt Brownell, or Curdy B. How are you, friend? Let's do some stand updates before we dive into it. I'm doing great, Scotty. I've eaten Jersey Mike's twice this week. Sounds good. I gave up drinking to lose some weight, and I am immediately <laughs> replacing it with twice a week Jersey Mike's. A lot so of salt. I'm a lot of sodium. Yeah, man. I feel like actually I'm living my best life. <laughs> uh, February 9th, 10th, and 11th, guys, I'm going to be at, uh, at Austin at Cap City. And then come on out uh, in April to see me in Portland at Helium. Portland, uh, April, uh, April 13th, 14th, 15th. Got to go. Gotta go, but I'm very excited about our guest today, Scotty. Speaking of February 10th, Curdy B, our guest today, it's a special guest today, I would say, was recently named Greatest Person to Ever Live by Everybody Magazine. You've seen her. <laughs> Everybody has seen her. Everybody on planet Earth Everyone. Everyone. has seen her as Lieutenant Phoenix in the blockbuster movie that saved going to the movies, Top Gun Maverick, and you can see her as the star. Of the brand new romantic comedy at midnight, that's the name of it. It's not. It's not coming out at midnight. The movie is called At Midnight. That premieres Curdy B February tenth on Paramount Plus. Watch it. We have the wonderful Monica Barbaro. Hi. Hello. <laughs> wow, great intro. Welcome. That is our specialty. That is our specialty. Is a tremendous intro, but you deserve it, Monica. Thank mm. you for being here. <laughs> I didn't know about every 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 one magazine everybody everybody magazine, magazine what, voted you everybody magazine one of the greatest people to ever live. I'm the only person apparently that doesn't know about everybody magazine because it's for everybody <laughs> and I didn't know about it. It is well, thank God. Big. It is a big magazine. A lot of people say it's paid off. A lot of people say that's a word. That word is paid off. But we know this year mm -hmm. it was legit. It was legit. People actually, everybody voted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, welcome. How are you? How's your 2023 going? It's it's so good. Um, my dog is chewing a bone that I think is going to mess up the audio. So I'm going to take it from him, and he's going to sadly stare at me for the next hour. Um, <laughs> that's classic dog uh, stuff. Everything, classic dog stuff. Um, that's pretty much how my 2023 <laughs> has been going. That's the cool. yeah. Well, we were just saying. Scotty <laughs> was just saying right before we got on how how good you are in Top Gun Maverick. It's true. It's oh, really, thanks. really true. Especially being the only female fighter pilot as well. Like, you had a big weight on your shoulders in that as well. 
Yeah, there was another. So there is another woman. Her name is Kara Wang. She played a wizzo, um, but another, you know, navel aviator. Um, and, but I mean, of, of those of us who flew, yeah, that was just me with a bunch of dudes. A lot of um, dudes. <laughs> yeah. We had, but she and I share a high five on the beach and we're pretty proud of it. Um, so it wasn't like always the only one, right. but yeah, there were a lot of moments where I'd look around and I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm the only female in this room. <laughs> That's right. I <laughs> that have well. a question. Now, I'm sure you get asked a lot about that movie. And also, we do want to talk about At Midnight, because um, some of my friends are in it. Some of Kurt's friends are in it, too. So I'm excited. Um, oh, my God. In Maverick, I know you guys, you probably get asked a lot about the flight training, but you had to take ejector seat training. Isn't that right? <gasps> yeah. That's my dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is that why? To be ejected from a plane. I... To be in an F-18, that's probably very cool, but I would want to be in a fighter jet where they're like, let's do this, and then we just get ejected. Like on the ground, on the ground, just shoot out, and then maybe take a parachute ride for 15 feet. I agree with that. Um, Yeah, the closer you are to the ground, the less safe it is, first of all. You definitely don't want to be in any kind of rotation where you're pointing at the ground. Um. It's really morbid to joke about these things, but I can say fighter pilots do joke about them. Good. Um, they, uh, it's sort of, it, that impulse reminds me of like when I'm away from California yes. and there's an earthquake, mm-hmm. I feel upset that I missed yes. it. Like some weird adrenaline. Like I wanted to be there for the thing. It, you, there can be like a, a death toll and I'm the idiot. No. Who, it's just like, oh man, should have been there. <laughs> well, they're pretty um, fun because you're from California, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you grew up with them. It's it's like Kurt and I are from the East Coast, so earthquakes were never a thing in our life. But then when you actually feel one and you're like, oh, this is it. The whole house is moving. It's It almost feels like a hallucin- uh, hallucination. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. But I say that with absolutely zero sensitivity to people who've perished and lost their homes. Sure. And I'm still laughing and I should have been. Um, <laughs> um, okay. But it, ejections... Um, yeah, we had to do this whole training. It actually, the the craziest part of um, ejection training was all this water training we had to right. do. Which, like, oh, I don't right. mind flying. I like turbulence. I like earthquakes. I guess that makes sense. Um, but I don't, I, I think underwater stuff is the coolest. And yet when I get submerged, like, I, it takes me a minute to, like, calm my nerves. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was the scariest thing for me making this movie was being underwater that much. I went every other day and just kept, I mean, to like swim with 30 pounds of gear. We had to go in this dunker thing that turned us upside down. We had to swim out a specific window blindfolded. We all have like stories like kicking each other in the face and like someone not opening the window the right way. Like it just, you know, it it takes a lot of um, trust and insanity <laughs> that's <laughs> to cool get through. that's cool because you were really in a jet so if you had to have actually ejected for safety reasons over the ocean you have to know how to yes. land in the ocean and survive with a parachute and all that stuff that's the idea right yeah that's crazy yes exactly and fighter pilots have to do it every four years we just had to do 
one, but we joked about it. We were like, if we make another one, it better be quick because I'm not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, um, <laughs> so you never actually like was in a seat that shot out of a plane, right? But what was it? You could see but, where our brains are. But were you like, were, was there like a big man who came and like lifted you out of a chair quickly <laughs> and then like shook you and then threw you into a bath? Like what was the training? <laughs> that is amazing. Um, wait, there was, there was like parachute training. Good. Um, and you have to like, you put these like goggles on and it simulates all these different things that could go wrong with a parachute. Like if a strap is over part oh, of the parachute, no. like how you're supposed to wiggle so the cool. straps and get out of it. Um, and then, um, what else? Oh, there, there, it, it actually is fun. Like yeah. in, in a way it's, it, <laughs> I told my siblings about it and we're all like, you know, mutually insane. And they, <laughs> they were like, this sounds like fun, like almost amusement parky. Cause there's this thing where you like, you're strapped in to a rig that like pulls you off of a platform, mm-hmm. sort of like a diving board mm-hmm. and then drags you across the water in the event. There's, there's always like in the event that, and you're like, well, sh- should we be doing this? <laughs> um, Wait a second. In the event that like wind would be taking your parachute uh-huh. and they'd be like skimming your body across the water sure. and you have to like unhook your parachute from your shoulder straps and then like free float. And so it it, it drags you across this pool <laughs> yeah. and you got to get out really quickly and inflate a raft and... I feel like I sound like I'm making this up. No, that sounds awesome. That that makes total sense. I remember I went parasailing when I was, uh, I think, eight years old, and I tripped as it started taking off and was dragged across the beach (laughs) into the surf before lifting up. This was the 80s, man. Nobody gave a shit. (laughs) Nope. <laughs> Nobody sued anyone yet. No, nope. lifted his yeah, ass up it was in the air. Terrifying. After I got up, I was like, "That was." I mean, it was a rough take. It was very pleasant. Now I was peeing while I was flying, though. I was still terrified. Uh, all right. Well, speaking about getting ejected from a vehicle, let's get into this story. Katie Scanella sent this in. Thank you, Katie Scanella. You're the best. Husband forgets wife after toilet break and drives off for 100 miles. 100. 100 miles. This I would was love it if it's just a couple miles. traveling together and not a family. It must be a family, right? Or is it just him and her? Get ready. Hold okay. on to your butt. Uh, this was everywhere, but I saw it on BBC by that swinging BBC staff. Um, mm. A husband forgot his wife after they stopped on the side of the road to go to the toilet and ended up driving off 100 miles without her. And here we go again. A husband in Thailand accidentally left his wife on the side of the road when they stopped to go to the toilet. It all started on Christmas Day. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> oh. Of course. When Boon Tom, his name is Boon Tom Chai Moon, which is an mm-hmm. incredible name. It's a beautiful name. Yeah. And Amnui Chai Moon set off on a long drive through the night in, uh, to the province of Maha Sarakam. But at one point, Boon Tom was so desperate to use the bathroom, he had to stop at uh, the car on the side of the road. Amnui, or Amnui, sorry if I'm butchering that. Amnui also popped out of the car and into a nearby jungle for a quick toilet break. But when she returned to the car, it had vanished. It turns out Boontom hadn't realized she had left the car and thought she was sleeping across the back seat the entire time. Oh, no. Oh, well. 
Well, exactly. It's not <laughs> like they were mid conversation. Very quiet. <laughs> <laughs> had she been it, had she been sleeping prior, he was used to. Yeah, I thought she was just a quiet woman. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe they had a marital spat, and this is how it ended. No. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then he's talking for a hundred miles. So you're really not going to talk? Really, I'm having the silent treatment. Cool. All right. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And then he just resolved the whole thing, and he's like, "You're right." <sighs> yeah. He works I'm his wrong. way through it. I'm so glad we had this talk. Kurt, Thank you for listening for the first time ever. Kurt, you gotta <laughs> tell the story. You don't have to use real names, but tell the story about that voicemail that one of our friends left to one of our other friends, where he turned one eight on him. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. <laughs> it was this guy who we were all friends with uh, way back in the day and um, who is a, you know, he's a crazy guy. Yes, he's and, crazy. Uh, and he called. sounds very toxic But he's, he's crazy in the way of like, um, everything's your fault all the time. And that was why we kind of all stopped being friends with him. We'll say his name's Vinny. Yeah. Yeah, his name's <laughs> Vinny. Let's say his name's Vinny. Vinny is so not he, his real name. We'll call him Vinny. Vinny so and he Jack. Calls, he calls my friend Bob. Bob. That's also not his name. Um, Vinny and Bob. This is a classic story. <laughs> it took place in Bensonhurst in 1988. Uh, Vinny and Bob. <laughs> so Vinny calls Bob. Ha- Bob hasn't heard from Vinny in, I don't know, 15 years? Fif- at least 15 years. Gets a, a voicemail. The voicemail is him going, hey, listen, Bob, I know last time that we talked, I came off a bit aggressive um, because, you know, you didn't want to work with me on that project. And you know what? You were right. You were right to not want to work with me on that project. Mm -hmm. And and I'm sorry that I came off as aggressive. So nice. Um, But, you know, it was, you know, it was upsetting. It was upsetting. And honestly, if I'm being honest with myself... I had a right to be mad. And you know what? You know what? I think I am still mad. And he just he apologized. And then in the course of a two and a half minute message came all the way around to the end just being like, so anyway, I am very mad. And I think you should call me back so that we can talk about this. Oh, no. God, it's so good. Uh, I, um, I've interacted with many of these through mm-hmm, my life. Mm-hmm, and now mm-hmm. I see the signs soon quicker. But it, it is this thing where you're you're like, like when you at first don't give them what they want, yes. they're like mad, but then that doesn't work. So then they're like very nice and they're like, I'm going to be reasonable. Yes. And then and then very quickly you're like, yes, this was just a manipulation tactic because now you're mad at me again yes. and saying like just hurling insults. You're like, whoa, 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 yes. whoa. And nothing is ever their fault. Well, <laughs> if it is, it only lasts for like two seconds. Yeah. What you're describing is 75% of Los Angeles. So whatever that condition <laughs> yeah. is, we are surrounded by surrounded it. Surrounded by It's it. not safe. It's like I'm either pleasing you or I'm, I'm in love with you or I hate you and I'm against yeah. you. And you're like, boy, this is a real juggling act here. Yeah, it's a real roller coaster. It's, and if you don't respond oh, to someone like this, if you're close with them in the texts, it's the same thing. Yes. You're like... Oh, oh, now we're here. Now we're there. You know, and at oh. first you're like wrapped up in it and trying to make reason <laughs> with this person. And you're like, oh, no, there's no such thing. Like it just will never it will never come. We need an oh, ejector seat you. in life. Yes. For those moments. Bringing it all the way around. Where's this going? Yeah, exactly. Anyways, with no phone and money. <laughs> and, uh, I'm Nui. Oh. God, I'm Nui. God, I'm just oh, going to call her. Man, I'm blowing this name. Annie. Just call her Annie. Annie. Amnui, Amnui, was stranded 
by herself in the middle of the night. No phone and no money. She had no choice but to walk 13 miles to the city center of Cabinbury, where she eventually found a police station at 5 a.m. Wow. But the ordeal didn't end there, as she had no idea what her husband's phone number was off uh, offhand, so she couldn't even call him. Gotta memorize it. Gotta memorize it. At least your oh, partner, yeah. right? At yeah. At least your partner and maybe a parent. Um, I got my partners, and then I got my dead mom's phone from 1985. <laughs> Those are my two numbers in my brain. <laughs> oh, I still have my landline for like when I where I grew up, and my mom doesn't even have this landline anymore. But we still use it for like Safeway and Vons, and like I even oh, have I friends using it for a while. And so we all remember this phone number that doesn't belong to anybody anymore. Oh, I that, love that. what. If there's like a saying, it's like penguins on an ice. But you can only keep so many penguins on a on a. Wait, what is this <laughs> you saying? Know, you know the saying. I, I love this classic saying. I don't Cannot even wait know. for this classic saying of how many penguins <laughs> we keep on an ice floe. <laughs> penguins on an iceberg, right? Sure. An iceberg. That's real. Floating iceberg. ice floe. in the. And you can only keep so many on the <laughs> <laughs> iceberg. I'm notoriously bad with sayings. Um, if I you like couldn't it. tell. But but it's like this thing where, you know, you want to get rid of the information you don't need, but you kind of can't. So you're just trying to, like, go through life and this add penguins. But so wait, is this, uh, this is, oh, so I, didn't, space. I didn't realize this was a metaphor for how memory works. So, <laughs> yes, thank our you brains, so much. so our brains are the iceberg <laughs> and thoughts and memories yes. are different penguins who yes. want to get on the iceberg. <laughs> Yes, I unfortunately had no space on my iceberg when I was told this phrase. No problem. <laughs> However, you seem to have space. <laughs> I love it. Penguin. Well, all we are in life is just penguins on an iceberg trying not to slip off into the Arctic Ocean and perish. Uh, but it also implies, oh <laughs> it also implies, though, if it's a flat iceberg or an ice floe, whatever they're called, and uh, and a couple of penguins are on one side, two more, too many are on one side than another, and sure. an extra one gets onto that side and tips the whole thing. Yes. Then all the memories get wiped clean. Which I also yeah. like that if you learn one extra thing too much, your whole memory just goes for you. You don't have anything <laughs> See left. See like ya. the risk of learning your spouse's phone number. Which- <laughs> You know, nope. it was high high risk, and so she she couldn't yeah. learn it. She forgot it uh, after uh, at eight a.m. when she eventually got a hold of her husband. She realized he had managed to travel more than one hundred miles wow. away. Oh, so he never realized he had to get a phone call. Yes. After realizing his mistake, Boon Tom quickly turned around to drive back and pick up his wife. He was obviously extremely sorry and apologized profusely to his wife. And despite uh, the monumental mix-up, the couple, who have been married for 27 years and have a 26-year-old son, did not argue at all. <laughs> that is the end of well, the article. There, they there, did not there argue it is. I'm telling you, I don't think this person... I'm sensing she wasn't a very vocal person. <laughs> and so it wasn't weird. Not a chatterbox. For him no. to not hear from her for a while. Oh, um, man. Did, this makes me think of my brother would drive, my brother went to Oregon. Um, University of Oregon? Ducks. He was Oregon, a duck? Oregon, Oregon University. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. Yes. The green ducks. The green ducks of Eugene, Oregon. <laughs> 
Yes, Eugene, mm-hmm. Oregon. And he would drive, and we're from the Bay Area, like San Francisco area. And he would drive home like in one shot with like multiple shots of five hour energy. Mm-hmm. And I guess I could see Jeez. being in the zone and like just driving and be like, okay, yeah, 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 like emergency, go pee, yeah. get back in, let's go. And then, um, uh, having no idea that the back seat has sure not your wife <laughs> absolutely i but the one detail is that they stopped and got into a jungle now obviously we don't really we have the everglades in america but we don't really have jungles but i think right. if i was driving with my wife and i got out to pee in a jungle in the middle of the night i would get back in the car and go didn't die and then put it in gear and start driving <laughs> yeah yeah, there'd be some commentary on the jungle, right? Yes. But they, I get, it's probably all jungle. I don't know Thailand. Yeah, it's it's mo- it's a lot of jungle. Wow. Yeah. yeah, they're like we're over it. We yeah, don't, we're, we don't why care. Would we talk about it's like the Jersey State Parkway. You know who caves this shit? Yeah, what eggs? Like are the you? desert in Nevada. Like, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> we get Sand. it. We you peed in the desert when I was in college, my second year at UMass. He gets it. Sorry, he gets it. He's like, I know we don't want to talk about the jungle, so I'm not going to say anything about it. I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to start driving. Last time I mentioned the jungle, she got so upset. Oh, she wouldn't shut up about it. After um, 27 years, you've said everything about the jungle that you're going to say to each other. Uh, Go ahead, Scotty. No, no problem. When I was a sophomore, I was a RA. I was a resident assistant at UMass and. And on the very first day of training, we all went to our rooms first. And then the RD was this really cool woman named Amy, and who was probably only like 22 or 23. Felt like an adult. And we all gather <laughs> in this meeting room, and it's like 40 RAs. And I didn't know anybody there. I had never you're, met any of them on campus before. You're 18 at this time? Yeah, I am 18. And so I – and Amy's like, hey, guys, I'm Amy. I'm the RD. Before we all introduce ourselves, we're going to do a little bit of an icebreaker. Let's all go outside into the quad. So we all walk out there. And I – Monica, you don't know this about me. I hate icebreakers almost more than anything else in the world. I have a very good memory, and I'm really good with names and faces. So for me, it's it feels like bad karaoke or something. You'd be like, S, snake. I'm Scotty the snake. And then you're like, kill me. Yeah. <laughs> so we all go outside to this big hill and as we're walking out there i see this asian man about a hundred yards away like five blocks away in like daisy dukes and a tank top and he's just smiling just staring at us and smiling and i'm kind of you know i'm 18 i'm kind of a wise ass so i give him like a big friendly wave and smile and he gives me a big friendly wave and he smiles even bigger and then the icebreaker was Amy said, imagine this hill, this grassy hill, is the United States, and I want you to go stand. Everybody figure out where they're from, like their hometown, and stand there, and then we're going to go around, starting in Boston, and expand out. So we you know, mentally picture this map, and there are a lot of kids from Massachusetts, so there's a little cluster, and then there's a kid from Texas who's down in the middle, and then I'm from Maryland, so I'm like you know, 15 feet down from the Boston kids, and so we all spread out. And then it begins. So, so I'm Amy. I'm from Boston. I'm your RD. I'm Lenny. I'm from Philadelphia. I'm Scotty. I'm from Maryland. And we go for however long it takes 40 people to say their hometown and their name. But we're outside. And I am actually, it actually did help me remember everybody's name. And we get to the end of the 40. And just from down the street, 
street, the Asian man goes, I am Thundup. I am from Thailand. <laughs> so he's like, where was I supposed to stand? And then Amy goes, I've been waiting out here, standing very far away, assuming this is where Thailand is. <laughs> yes. So my first thought is that's Thundup. He's from Thailand. This guy's just eavesdropping on college kids every semester. He does this. And then Amy goes, Thundup, come over here. So he was like the assistant RD. <laughs> Who had just run late to the meeting and just knew what was coming, so he just positioned himself in Thailand. No. Oh my just, god! I thought he was a serial killer. I thought he was going to kill us all, just smiling at these college coeds. But instead, hi, I'm Thundup. I am from Thailand, and we're like, I'll never forget him as long as I live. You'll Bless never that man. Uh, that's what those are for though exactly. you know never forget I was going to say it's like did California just leave but if Thailand <laughs> was within visual range no that's it was the best that's, a, that's great he was the best guy Curdy B you want to tease us into a breaker yeah sure uh, Dutch supermarket introduces unique slow checkout lane for lonely seniors who want to have a chat that is Aww. nice. Yeah, it's a good feeling one. We'll, we'll be more. back with Golden right Bananas. Break. Folks, we are back. Scotty, you got any shout-outs? I have three shout-outs, Curdy B. All right. Banana Mall. Emily Williamson is shouting herself out. She opened an Etsy shop where she is selling affordable travel prints. So if you need to make your cubicle or your room or your life a little more interesting, look like a big world traveler, head over to At Vibes by Emmy. That is E-M-M-I-E on Etsy. Buy some prints. That sounds fun. Sweet. Self-shout-out. That's nice, right? Um, self shout out to Nicole who gave birth to a baby girl named Lily and spent her first day home alone with Lily listening to bananas. Aww. She said the, we had an episode called like whoopsie accidente or whoopsie daisy or something. And uh-huh. Nicole said that your Kurt song about the dark times about ha- after having a newborn really yes, yes. helped her. I remember that song. I, I, for some reason was singing for a long time. <laughs> that made Nicole feel so much better about her first time being a parent. So thank Yay. you, Kurt. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you. And it's true. It's a dark time. It was, it's, Nobody's talking about it. Nobody talks about it. And finally, Hannah wants to shout out Kurt for his fantastic appearance on the Murderville Christmas special. Somebody killed Santa. He was the highlight. So, Kurt, we had a lot of feedback about that. You were so (laughs) funny on that. (laughs) Feedback. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't a positive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was totally nude in it. That's why there was a lot of feedback. Monica, Um, treat yourself. (laughs) Treat yourself. (laughs) Um, and I'm going to mention it every episode until the movie comes out, but everybody needs to go, uh, on Memorial Day weekend and see Scotty's new movie, The Machine, which he wrote starring Burt Kreischer and Mark Hamill. So go see it opening weekend, Memorial Day weekend. Thanks, buddy boy. That's very kind of you. And, uh, I hope everybody enjoys it. We are here with a extremely 
special guest. Monica, are you having a nice time on the Bananas podcast so far? I am having the best time. I love podcasts. I This <laughs> podcast is so enjoyable to listen to Thank and to you. be on, and I'm stoked. Can you well. tell us about At Midnight at all? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a rom-com um, with Diego Bonetta and me as the two... The leads, the love. Fall in love, spoiler. And it takes place in Mexico. We shot the entire thing in Mexico. Nice. Um, Diego is from Mexico, so it was the best kind of tour oh, you so good. could ever have of, yeah. Is it Mexico um, City? It was, um, so we spent a week there cool. filming, and we also did like press Prior to filming, which was really interesting, they're like, "Tell us about the movie." I was like, "I don't know. The script is being edited." <laughs> I think I said in an interview, "I'm like, it's about love." Um, Diego, you want to take this one away? Because he like developed it and produced uh, the okay. thing. Um, <clears throat> and then it was also going through rewrites. Our director Jonah Feingold was um, rewriting certain scenes and um, like. A, uh, and characters that they, you know, there was a lot that was changing and we had this like one four hour lunch where we were like talking about all these dynamics and, you know, between characters and I think kind of created a new character. They were just very nice to like open me and like allow me into the fold to, to discuss those things um, with them. Not what you asked about the movie That's fine. Uh, has, <laughs> but fun. Um, it's in Mexico city and also uh, a lot in Cancun, in Playa Mujeres. I've heard of it. Which is, it, it, yeah, I had never been to the east coast of Mexico. Um, so that was a lot of fun. I guess, yeah, I think it's in the east coast. I think so. Um, it, uh, it's beautiful there. I love the climate. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was amazing. And we had Anders Holmes. My good buddy. Love Anders. Yeah. Um, he was great. Everyone who was a part of it was like very good at, um, and I include uh, Casey Thomas Brown and Kat Cohen in this. She has a great stand, uh, stand-up special on Netflix. Oh yeah, I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, ev- everybody was great at both, you know, following the script and also adding exactly what was needed yeah. to it in the moment while filming. And I think that's like a that's a dicey thing. Some people really can't do that, or some people do it too much. Yeah, and everybody just you know, was game to supply whatever they had. Um, I learned a lot from watching Anders work because yeah. I know he, you know, obviously has like been in comedic writers rooms and done the whole thing. And there's this, he had this perfect idea for this one moment. And I was like, you got to do it. And he like had met, cause he had mentioned it to me and I was like, you have to do it. You have to do it. And he was like, he was like, just wait. And so he does it a couple times, like the way the director wants, mm-hmm. the way it's like scripted. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, and it just at the perfect moment, he's like, hey, I actually have one more thing. Does it? Everyone laughs. It's perfect. We move on. And it was just one of those moments where I was like, oh, okay. Like, I'm the person who thinks as soon as something pops into your head, like, you have to say it and share it. And just in case the moment, you know, dies. And he's just, like, so sure. And he just knows, I guess, what it's like to be on every side of the That's camera. Right. Yeah. And and so he knows how to like respect the process and have patience and then also just like 
throwing a zinger. That's right. On workaholics, they would we would write the script and you know, we'd get the script as tight as we could. So for a half hour we would get that script down to like twenty six pages because we knew that those guys were gonna riff and improvise and find funny things in the scene. And there was an episode I wrote that Jack Black is in and Amy Yazbeck was in and Amy was like a total pro, had been on a couple hit sitcoms and there was a scene on the first shooting day where the guys were riffing and improvising like they do. And after somebody was like, cut, she's like, can somebody say the line before my line so I know when I'm supposed to speak? <laughs> and they were like, we are so sorry. We were like, yes. And so Durs like made sure to be like, you know, whatever his cue was for her to be like, I'll take that. But she was just standing there being like, I'm an actor. You have to say the line before my line so I can say my dialogue. Wait, I had that happen. Re- uh, so I have a show, FUBAR, um, that is Fortune Feimsters in it. It's based Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, Fortune Feimster. Wow. Uh, Milan Carter, Travis Van Winkle, all the, all the I'm forgetting people. names like a jerk. Um, uh, I always remember all the names I forgot after I do something. That's like fine. They're just like, penguins oh, shit, falling off an iceberg. <laughs> just Who cares? Just the penguins. No. F them. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have any. I don't, yeah, I don't even have room for phrases. Um, no, but so we were that Adam Pally is a guest, and he, you know, he's obviously very, you know, talented, Super funny, fun. and yeah. great. And he was like. It was one of those things where they wanted all of us to follow the script really carefully. And even, even fortune, like she'd get to, she'd throw things out, but mostly it was like, keep to the script sort of, you know, cause they, they make it really tight by the time you get, it's a totally understandable. Um, and we only have so much time to shoot like epic scenes in eight days. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like eight movies that in, you know, four months or whatever that we shot. Um, but Adam Pally was given this golden ticket to like come and improvise. And he's so funny. Yes. We were like having a hard time keeping it together. And it was so great to have him there. He like just lit the whole room up and him and fortune would start riffing and they would just let them go. And it was, it was so amazing, but I felt so bad because there were a few times where they were like, <laughs> they'd come in and say to me like, Hey, can you say the line such and such, you know, like, okay, I'll take you over to the bathroom or whatever. Yes. But, but, but I, but I didn't know when he was done or like, it was the same thing. And I, I sort of like, didn't know whether to, I was like, I don't know whether to say to him directly or say to like, am I tattling if I mentioned to the writer that he's not saying the it was like one of those awkward things. Oh my God. But it's more fun when it's alive. So small. It's, it's more fun when it's alive. It's fun like when the actors are allowed to play a little bit. Like, yes, get to the point of the yes. scene and all mm-hmm. that. But like, have yep. a, Kurt's great at it. It's fun to just riff dog every now and then. And sometimes it makes it so much funnier. Yes, 100%. And there, but there, there are also, I mean, I think I'm hit or miss. I only have so much improv experience. And I think I have worked with actors. Um, I have seen actors in that space be very not funny. Oh, it's the worst. And it is Ooh. one of those things where you're like, yeah. Doo, 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 doo. She can improvise. You cannot. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she not being me, for the record. That's awesome. <laughs> At midnight, February 10th, Paramount midnight. Plus. Watch it. Laugh. Whitney Cummings is in it. I think John Radnitsky's in it. It's going to be yes. a very yes. funny movie, and I'm going to laugh and laugh and laugh. Thank you for remembering everyone's name. That's my whole thing. That's literally 90% yes. of my personality. 
It's <laughs> it's God. truly amazing. It is a skill I lack completely, and Scotty has it in spades. Mm-hmm. But he works on it, and that's why it's important. All right, here it is. This was uh, our next uh, article episode concept. (laughs) (laughs) Dutch supermarket introduces unique slow checkout line for lonely seniors who want to have a chat. This was sent in by Kathleen Carney on Instagram. Thank you, Kathleen. Thank you, Kathleen. Uh, This was on Upworthy, as it it makes sense that it's on Upworthy. Yes, it does. Um, This is uh, written by Aditi Aditi Bora. Thank you, Aditi. You are the best in the biz. They are so good. Uh, here it is a classic, classic, uh, online article that we're going to talk about just loneliness in general before getting to the idea of the article. One of the primary problems (laughs) that older people face globally is loneliness, especially in urban areas where life is hectic and becoming more and more digital in order to combat this from a form. What? Mm -hmm. In order to combat this from a very common front, the grocery store checkout, a Dutch business came up with an idea. Yes. At at Kletz Casa, or Chat Checkout, was created by Jumbo, <laughs> a Dutch grocery chain with over 700 locations Very for customers nice. who are not in a rush and would want to converse with the cashier. In the Netherlands, there are 1.3 million individuals over 75, and a sizable grocery chain is making sure they don't spend their golden years feeling lonely, according to My Modern Met. These, quote, slow lanes were first introduced by Jumbo in the summer of 2019 as a part of the Dutch Dutch government's One Against Loneliness campaign. There are 1.3 million adults over 75 in the Netherlands. We got that already. Mm -hmm. And 33% 33 of them say they feel at least moderately lonely, according to Statistics Netherlands in the North Province province town of Vlijman. (laughs) That's a great name. (laughs) It is Vlijman, uh, the first Klitzkasa open for business. <laughs> the feedback was so encouraging that the business decided to build 200 of these lanes across the nation. That's so sweet. Isn't it cool? Additionally, yeah. Jumbo Stores added a chat corner, which is probably called a Klitz Corner, with, <laughs> where locals might congregate for a cup of coffee and some small talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best thing about Klitzkasa is that anyone whose day could be made better by taking it easy and chatting for a while is welcome. And my, 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 there's that's a lot wonderful. more to this, but I think that's all the information we need. That's Isn't that wonderful. Beautiful? Yes. That's so sweet. It's adorable. I, my cynical brain is like kind of, I'm like, what? why did this actually start? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? <laughs> What happened in long checkout lines that wasn't good for profit? That they're yeah. like, we gotta, we gotta move. We're gotta upsell but, these Werther's Originals. They're gathering dust at this checkout. Yeah. We gotta get this in Mimon Peepal's <laughs> basket ASAP. Oh my god, that's so funny. I love that approach, Monica. Because immediately my head goes and writes a story that like their actual initiative is that cashiers are no longer allowed to speak to customers to like speed them through. And there was going to be a PR nightmare and some brilliant PR company was like, no, 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 no. You just create 200 of these bullshit things. And then you throw that out there as the PR release. And then you guys are the heroes and jumbo looks great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I let's, let's, I'm going to assume. (laughs) 
I'm going to assume that it's just because the Netherlands know how to do it. I mm-hmm. love that everything out of the Netherlands is the either the most like uplifting, like, wow, they really got shit figured out, yeah. or the most depressing. But also, yeah, yeah, they've yeah. got everything taken care bike of lanes. for you. Yeah, bike lanes, <laughs> universal college, They're really tall. Insurance. They're super tall there. <laughs> Everyone's a model. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's true. Uh, oh, God, I love the bike lanes, though. Shouldn't L.A. be... Like yes. that, it's beautiful weather Why here. Not? It's yes. pretty flat, like most, you know, unless, yes. you, unless you live in Mulholland. Yes. But I could see, I mean, coming from, my my hometown is like bike central and it's very hilly. hilly. And rainy and cold. Yeah, yeah. Sunset and, and Boulevard should only be a bike lane. If Sunset uh, Boulevard from the ocean to downtown, basically, was just bikes and walking, it would be, uh, it's amazing. only, what, 16 miles to Santa Monica or 19. We walk it. Scotty it's and I walk it every year. You can uh, you could bike you it in really? an hour. We do. You do your own, like, beta breakers. We do. It's called Door to Shore. I don't know if you know. Door Door to Shore. Mm-hmm. Wait, mm-hmm. can we make this a parade? Mm-hmm. Of course, that will all be... Complaining about the traffic that day. Yeah, um, it's really fun. But, but that'd be so poetic too. It's mm-hmm. sunset. It's mm-hmm. wait. I love that you do this. Do you do this with a group, or is it just? It, is it, or uh, are people not invited? Scotty just had a dream about it, mm-hmm. and uh, and then we started doing it last year. So we did our second one in October of the of this past year. Yep. And um, and now it's a national thing, so anyone can do it. We do it for charity, and so people did it in like forty different cities yeah. this year. Yeah, and raised we raised a ton of money for all these different charities, local charities. When's the next one? Probably October. September, October next year. Yeah, and October first. Basically, or you walk out your front door, and then you walk to the closest body of water. So for us, we go to the Pacific Ocean, and then you walk in fully clothed, shoes and everything. Mm-hmm. And you can do, we do Cast LA, which is a human trafficking charity, but you can do any charity you want. And we, yeah, we had people all around the world doing it. And basically, you can do it with friends. Kurt and I do it together, though we did run into Alex and a couple of friends along the way. Um, but we usually just do it with us because it's really fun for us to catch up and joke around for 19 miles. Yeah. <laughs> but you're more but than you welcome to do it, it. Monica, you can that. walk with us. If you want. Um, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I feel very special for that invitation. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, whenever you do it, I want to do it. Um, I mean, if, if I'm in LA, I'll stalk you guys or, you know, <laughs> wherever I am. That's the best. I love so cool. grocery stores. I think grocery stores are <laughs> one mm-hmm. of the few and fading places where all types of people get together. Like, mm-hmm. there are so few clubs these days. Like, it used to be like the Rotary <laughs> Club, the Elks Club, like bridge clubs, this thing, that thing. Now it's like, especially after the Great Quar, it's like you either go to bars or you go to the grocery store. That's where you see strangers and interact with other people. So I love them. And it's funny that the L.A. grocery stores put bars in them. Like, Gelson's has bars. They're combining both worlds. Yeah. They, oh, you know, I've seen this at Whole Foods. Like yeah. they'll, the Whole Foods in Reno mm-hmm. that I've been to because of Top Gun. Um, <laughs> wait, the, I have to admit, I, I absolutely hate, the, I hate going to the grocery Why? store. Why? What do you hate about it? Rice-a-roni on the shelf? Um, <laughs> it's, you know what it Ding is? It's, <laughs> it's my failure to execute. So I go in there and I go, I'm going to get all these healthy things uh-huh. and I'm going to cook this week. 
And I'm so lazy that I like open the fridge. I'm like, what can I literally like, what is the shortest amount of time to like grab to mouth? Like, I don't, <laughs> and then the kale is not that. So like, I just, I see all the vegetables, I buy them and I'm like, these are going to rot in my fridge. And I just <laughs> see the failure at the end of it. Um, but but I I like this idea of making the grocery store seeing as how it's a place yeah. we all go. We all have. Yeah, to that's go. what yeah. I mean. It's fun. Like a nice place. Yeah. I run into people at the bar at the Silver Lake Gelson's. I will go in and look over at the bar, and I would say four times out of ten, I will see somebody I know drinking there, either ironically or very seriously, and it's very fun. <laughs> I speak- oh, I've not been to that one. I've been I the Los Feliz one. Yeah, I, that might but, be the same one. I'm not sure. The one on, yeah, I think it's probably the on, same Franklin? one. On Hyperion. Yeah. And did you know Franklin is a biking lane? I actually. didn't know that. No, yes. Nobody, nobody respects it. <laughs> no. <laughs> it apparently is, a, is actually, it is a designated biking lane, which I meant to say earlier. Which but, just means um, it has okay, a picture so of like, a bicycle on the ground that you drive over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Also, everyone I know who's ridden a bike in this city has gotten hit sure. and Ooh. maybe temporarily hospitalized. Okay. It's fine. Wait. Okay. The Silver Lake Gelson's is the place to go for a drink. It's a place to hang. <laughs> I mean, it's not the place to go for a drink. There's better places to go for a drink, Monica. Don't let Scotty convince you that you should be going to Coolest the Silver place Lake Gelson's for drinking. I'm going. Here's why it's cool. One, they, you're not allowed to tip ever. They are not allowed to tip legally. Two, they will shop for you while you drink beer or wine. So you give Stop them a list, it. and then you sit there, and then they bring a cart over. Three, you get to pee in those weird bathrooms that are back in the storehouse yeah. of a of a grocery store, which makes you oh, feel like those. you're working there for 15 seconds. Yeah, you feel so cool and like in the know. It, uh, what? Wait. Okay. No. No offense None taken. to the the Dutch, but oh, yeah. um, this sounds way better than the conversation. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Speaking of like grocery stores being like the only, like bars in a way of like seeing different people. Mm-hmm. Last night we did our first hot tub at Permanent Records Roadhouse, Scotty. Uh, how'd um, it go? How was it? It was great. So Monica, I've been doing a variety show myself and Kristen Shaw hosted sit for we're going on our 18th year mm-hmm. and so we just switched venues post pandemic mm-hmm. to this place called the Permanent Records Roadhouse. And for anyone listening who is in LA, it's awesome it is a it's essentially like a punk rock bar that also has a record store in it and then outside is where the performance space for comedy is and so it's an outside venue oh cool i didn't know that you got less covid worries and all that sort Mm -hmm. of thing and it was packed last night but what's really cool about it is that it's like a, a hopping scene that i was unaware of so that they have music they have bands playing inside during our show outside and there's no sound bleed but then when hot tub ends there's just like a very cool band playing inside that is cool and it's like two separate crowds and then everybody starts mingling and then i was just like oh wow this is a total scene in la that i was unaware of of like cool rocker scene and i was like this is gonna be great to like finish hot tub and then go get a drink and then go watch a band that i've never heard of in the main space it's awesome that's so cool it's so exciting buddy i'll be there next week it's gonna be fun it sounds like a less pretentious like zebula yes yes it's a hundred percent that i used to love um io even Mm -hmm. though the hollywood io Mm -hmm. like 
um, my ex was an improviser. And so we were there all the time and it had its problems. Like he had come from the Chicago space, Mm -hmm. which was like much better. Although then they updated and that was controversial, but yeah, 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 yeah. Legendary. Um, and oh man, it was, it was just such a, fun space even though the stage and the pillars and the stairs like yes. it was all kind of a mess yeah but like you know you learn like that's that's the best place to go see comedy is the room that doesn't make any sense yeah, yeah. Um, most of them are like that <laughs> and that yeah, has a yeah. scene yeah it exactly. has a scene that feels like you're part of something you're right in hollywood it's a cool thing when there's like multi when there's different groups of talented people circling each other and then intermixing it's like your best part of your twenties is those those nights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it makes it it makes it sound like it's you know, it, it it makes it sound like it's like some networking crap, and it's not no. at all. It you really just feel like you're hanging out and like learning things, and it's it's just that's fun. There's a lot of hope. There's that's a lot awesome. of ambition and hope in those rooms. I I remember really early on before I was buddies with Kurt. He and Kristen had that show, and it was a really good show. And Kristen had started working on Flight of the Concords, and I was talking to an improviser. I wasn't an improviser. I was just hanging out at the bar. And it was after a hot tub, and people were like, we can do it. Like, there were, like, these 22, 23-year-old improvisers that are like, Kurt and Kristen are making it. Like, guys, we can do this. Like, if we get this team together and we, like, get a crowd, like, I'm telling you, we're the people that can do it. And in retrospect, you know, at the time, I probably rolled my eyes, but they were right. There was a lot of, like... You, you do need that energy in those small improv theaters and sketch teams and stuff. It's like, somebody on this team's going to make it. Who's it going to be? Yeah. Wait, this is Chris. She has the, the voice. Yes. She has the voice. But she, um, <clears throat> I used to bartend in San Francisco at Outside Lands every year. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I would be, I was in the comedy tent. Oh, yeah. Um, the year Kristen it did it? Su- yeah. That was with me. I was there, too. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm we so did it sorry. together. I forgot. I just remember her going up there and talking about how people are like, are you faking that voice? She's like, you think I'm... Yeah, that used to be an old bit. You think I like this? Yeah. You think <laughs> I'm not was... aware of what I sound like? Try buying fireworks <laughs> yeah. over the phone with this voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And it was it was so great. It was so fun. All the, I mean, every comedian is like so nice to bartenders because they either were once Or them, are one. That's or right. Or some version of them. <laughs> and um, it was that was... That was the best. Yes. Oh, my God. So we probably even met. Yeah. Right. It was very, very Crazy. cold that year. It was so cold. It was yeah. insane in Golden Gate Park. It was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other bartenders would be like... Like the mud would have crawled up to their thighs uh, by the end of the day. And they were yeah, making like thousands more yeah. dollars a day. Mm-hmm. And but, but the comedy tent was like the place to be. Because I was, I was like auditioning for commercials at the time. Or doing commercials the at the time. And like in acting class and stuff. So I, you know, had big big little dreams. Well, it worked. And it was just like, <laughs> yeah, it turns out. Um, but yeah, the coolest people would just like roll through that warm little tent. That's the best. Um, That's the best. Right, so warm to me. It was cold to you. Send us home. Send us home. Okay, I got one. This one's a good one to leave on. It's a, Sometimes we do these, not often, but this is a, a Reddit post sent in mm-hmm. by Lauren Falling, which if your last name is Falling, that is a great name. Um... Lauren Falling sent this in. It is. It just says the names, including my own, have been modified to false names. That is what the Reddit poster said, and it was under the "Today I Fucked Up" the T I F U. And here we go. About twenty nine years ago, I was in the third grade. I took one of 
I took one of the carrot packs out of my lunchbox, the kind that came with a little cup of ranch dressing, and all of a sudden, this kid Balthazar says, Hey, everybody, Tim is a carrot boy. (laughs) Everybody at the whole lunch table started to laugh. I couldn't believe it. For some reason, that really stuck with me. Nobody really brought it up again, but I became self <laughs> but I became self-conscious in elementary school for eating carrots. Later, thankfully, I lost the self-consciousness, but all through school and into adulthood, I have always thought of that and built it up in my head as this big disrespectful insult to me. When hey, everybody <laughs> Hey, everybody, look, Tim is a carrot boy. A carrot boy. Oh, man. So whenever I eat carrots, (laughs) the the memory pops up, basically involuntarily. Whenever I see carrots, I remember Balthazar going, hey, everybody, Tim is a (laughs) carrot boy, and hear the laughter. What you should know is that I am from a small town, and although I left, a lot of the kids I know are still there. I saw that over the holidays, there was an impromptu high school reunion event scheduled, so I decided to show up. I haven't seen these people regularly in a long time. Well, who should be there but Balthazar? All of the sudden, old anger welled up inside of me, and I don't know what I was thinking, and it seems ridiculous now, but I saw a big tray of carrots. Uh, at the bu- meant for everybody at the buffet table, and I picked up the entire tray and carried it to Balthazar's table and started eating carrots angrily. Everyone at the table, <laughs> table and surrounding tables is staring at me. Then I said, "Guess I'm still a carrot boy, huh?" No, <laughs> no way. I oh, almost immediately. Yeah. I mean, re- you're de- <laughs> first off, you're definitely a carrot boy now, like. You have cemented yes. your memory in these people's <laughs> yeah. minds as Carrot Boy. It's oh insane. I so almost insane. immediately realize my fuck up when everyone looks at me like I am insane and has no idea what I am referencing. So, what do you expect? What do you expect? Oh, man. <laughs> What do you expect? So I awkwardly asked Balthazar and the other people around me if they remembered him calling me a carrot boy in third grade, and nobody did. (laughs) It was in third grade. Yeah, no shit. Twenty nine years ago. Oh no! So I was there, like, quote, "This did happen. You really did call me a carrot boy," and he was like, "Uh, okay, sorry, man." Um. Somebody put their hand, somebody next to me put their hand on my arm and whispered, Are you okay? <laughs> As if I was having a mental breakdown or something. I was so embarrassed that I just got up and left. Multiple people since have texted me asking me if I'm all right. And also, why did I do that? And did I really hold a grudge for some innocuous, silly remark that a third grader made almost 30 years ago? Oh, my God. When it was put to me like that, I realized that maybe I was being the weird one. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Wow. Look, Balthazar was almost definitely being made fun of for being named Balthazar. Every day of his life. (laughs) Third grade. They were eight years old. Uh, Yeah. Little boys. Yeah. Little carrot boys. They were teasing him for being Balthazar and probably in no other... Like just reaching for any kind of defense That's was right. like what you know. It, it maybe even like standing up for <laughs> Tim Carrot Boy, 
and was like, what, what are we going to, oh, okay, Tim is a carrot boy. Like, what are we just going to make fun of everybody? Balthazar's like anti-bullying it and has really this horrible hurt. reputation now. I hope nobody ever said to Tim like, oh, look at Tim using pencils, the pencil guy. Then he's just stabbing someone with a pencil 35 years later. Who's, you, who's a yeah. pencil guy now, Brian? There's so much more to unpack. Like, how sensitive is this person just generally, or was it really this one defining moment that he's never processed. It is. I, bet I you think there's it's that. more things in his life like this. I, yeah. I would recommend Tim go to therapy. I think. Carrot boy, yeah. go to therapy. You gotta get <laughs> over this. Boy. Dude, he okay. is going to come to your house. Now, yes. Scotty. Yes, he's with a sharpened carrot. He's going to just ask oh, you questions God. about yourself and go, am I going to therapy now, Scotty? <laughs> There's a nice little, ba- Balthazar has a little redemption arc. Let me just give you this last oh. little chunk oh, here. Oh, right? more. There's more. Balthazar wasn't a bully or anything, aside from that one insult. We know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit, Tim. Aside from that one insult, he never did anything else to me in high school and was known as generally being a do-gooder. I had built up this major incident, but nobody else had even remembered it. I was horrified to find that several people from the reunion unfriended me on Facebook. And then I saw (gasps) photos of the event where somebody had tagged me in the background as Carrot Boy. (laughs) And, And here it comes. And none other than Balthazar responded to the post asking the poster to remove that tag even though several other people had replied with laugh emojis so the banana of the week is balthazar here balthazar you're yes. the banana of the week uh, yes. monica Guys. thank you so much for being on bananas thank you guys this is so fun is oh, there anything wonderful yes absolutely you're welcome back anytime join us for door to shore is there anything else you'd like to can plug we? or can people find you anywhere now's your time um fi- find me on I'm terrible with social media. I have it. It's my name. That's all right. My name. Um, but yeah. Monica that's Barbaro at Instagram. Monica, Monica Barbaro at Instagram.com. And on LinkedIn. And um, yeah, uh, I think by might. There you go. Um, and um, no, I was just really excited to do this. The last carrot thing I'll say is my mom and I used to stand in the grocery store. There it is. And, you know, they have all those gossip mags. We would look forward to whatever was on National Enquirer mm-hmm. and her all time, you know, because they're just funny. We'd of course. And talk about it. Um, and I know this is all like real news, um, but her her all time favorite was uh, carrot chomping mom gives birth to baby rabbit. <laughs> yeah. and so as soon as you said carrot and we're here, I was like, oh my God, it's just oh, it's so, a carrot boy. so good. Those writers are really <laughs> solid. Um, so I was pumped to do this. So thanks for having me. You're so you. welcome. Curdy B. Bananas. Bananas. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas. Bananas.
Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.